Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information. Welcome to The Wave Podcast. I am Danny Ortiz. And I am Ryan McCarsky. Ryan, my brother, how are you? I'm great, Danny. How are you? Well, when you always ask me that, I, listen, this this week, like more than ever, I'm just burning, burning, burning. Uh, mm-hmm. First, I want to start before I say th- anything else on that part. I want to start by saying, uh, and Ryan, I know you can appreciate, I just thank God for this community. I thank mm-hmm. God for this. Um, it's not only community, the outlet that you and I have to express the heart of God, to teach the word. I'm humbled every week that those who listen do listen. Um, and thank God for those who continue to share this, uh, podcast with other people that feel like they need to grow in their life and grow in a spiritual walk with the Lord. I just thank God for this community, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do the same and I just enjoy being able to meet with you every week and be able to just talk about the the scripture, talk about uh, our Lord, talk about how this truly impacts life right now. And, and I always pray that um, the Lord speak through both of us and, and can reach the people, the community that's, that are listening every week. And it's just, it's been a, it's been a great, I was, I was talking to Amber, it's been a great six or seven months. We've been studying seven churches for almost seven months. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And we are, we are finally in the last church. And oh, man. as I read this, Ryan, and you know, because you receive a text from me, yeah. uh, I had to send texts to all these members of our community. Um, and if I don't have your email or if I don't have your number, you want me to have it, you can always reach us at thewavecolumbus at gmail.com. Thewavecolumbus at gmail.com. Please, I want to do a question and answer. So if you guys have some questions that you've been thinking for July, especially, I want, um, Ryan doesn't know this, but I'm going to have Ryan back. Uh, we are we are doing a, a we are doing a, a specific uh, topic in, in in August, but I'm gonna have him back. Um, we'll have a couple of other guest speakers in July, but I'll have him Ryan back just to do question and answers. So if you guys have some questions and answers, some questions that need answers, and listen. And we the kind of folks if we don't have the answer, we'll tell you we don't have the answer. We'll research it together, right? And so this is us growing together. Um, but definitely, the, uh, the wave Columbus at gmail.com. And just as I sound, T-H-E-W-A-V-E, Columbus at gmail.com. But I do want to say this. I send a, a text out in reading this church, which is we're going to talk about the church of Laodiceans. This thing, Ryan, just hit me in my heart. And I, and I said, we have to host the presence of God. Mm-hmm. That is our mandate in Columbus. That is our mandate in Ohio. That is our mandate in the United States to host the presence of God. I know we make Christianity about a lot of things. But if we don't host the presence, if we not encountering Jesus, we have missed the whole thing of the gospel. Genesis to Revelation is about one person and his name is Yeshua HaMashiach. You may know him as Jesus. Some may know him as Yeshua. Some may know him as Jesus. But Yeshua HaMashiach, this whole thing is about a personal and intimate relationship with him and his church, and his sons and daughters of the Father. That is this whole thing about. And we need to learn how to host the presence of God, not do another church service, not do the three songs and the sermon and the offering, 
but we need a time and a place where we go in and the only agenda is to host the presence of God. Uh, Ryan, what did you think when you saw that, that uh, text from me? I think, I thought that was very much such a foundational piece that I think is missed. I think it's very easy to go to however many services, listen to however many YouTube pastors, which all are good. It's, it's good. You're learning the word. But if, you, if we miss the foundational part of hosting the presence of, and I texted you back this, representing him, because we all know that the world is not going to see him unless the church actually represents him or represents him, however you want to say it. But as we've talked many times, you, myself, are not getting someone saved. It's the Holy Spirit that works through us, that encounters that person potentially in front of us, that then they approach the Lord. That is all it is. It's, it's in our daily lives, wherever we're at, at the grocery store or at work or at school or whatever, at the gym, if we host the presence and then the Holy Spirit works through us, that is how the world sees Jesus. So that's foundation. That's, that's what it is. Come on. And, and we live in such, that's so powerful because we live in such a, uh, I say a contentious time, and 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 especially in the United States. For those who listen to the United States, I know that we have some that listen to from other countries. But those who listen in the United States, we such in a contentious time where, I mean, everything is heightened fighting, right? And 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 I was reading Psalm sixteen eleven. In His presence is fullness of joy. Like if mm-hmm. we need the the Holy Spirit joy now more than ever. But unless we host the presence of God. We can't have that joy flowing. And in his presence, is fullness of joy. Uh, the word says in Acts 3.19, one of my favorite scriptures, that, that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. We need a baptism of the river of the Holy Spirit, right? It's like mm. Jesus, when he said, uh, when he said, what he said, come, uh, those who thirst, come and drink, right? For out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living waters. And I thought I gotta do a sermon that goes from a cup to a river. We have to drink of the we have to drink of the cup so that we can become a river. The world needs a river of the Holy Spirit. They need a refresh. I feel the Holy Ghost. They need the refreshment of the Holy Spirit. But unless we're drinking of the cup of Jesus, we can't refresh the world. And you said such a powerful representing who Jesus is. I had a buddy of mine's. Uh, I talk on the scripture this week and it just like shattered me and I'm just got to read it. John 13, 34, 35. It says this, look at this, Ryan, look at this scripture, John 13, 34, 35. I know we're going to get to Laodicean, but I just got to release this word because we need, I'm telling you, those who are listening to this podcast, the wave from the beginning, mm. what God has told the wave is that there's a wave of revival. The reason that we are called wave, if you didn't know this, was a dream uh, that our founder had, that it was a wave of revival coming and it was going to start on one end of the United States, flow through the United States, go overseas and touch the nation. And it was, a, it, it was a wave of refreshing, a wave of awakening, a fire of the Holy Spirit, fire and water at the same time, fire to burn up the chaff, the, the water of the spirit to water our souls. So, you know, for us, 
we love to host the presence of God, you know, and I'm going to say this, Ryan, uh, for those who listen to us, we haven't said this, but we are desiring a facility in Columbus, Ohio. And my, Ryan, you and I talked about this and the facility, all we want the facility for, we don't want it to have Sunday morning services. So just l- l- listen to me what I'm saying. We're not a Sunday morning service crowd. Uh, the way, so, so those who are listening, we're not a Sunday morning group, but we are host the presence group. And what I saw out of this place is Monday through Saturday, and I'm gonna say that again, Monday through Saturday from nine to 11, us hosting the presence of God from 9 a.m. to 11 o'clock a.m. And, and God is speaking to some of my friends that are doing the same thing really all over this country that are just opening facilities to host the presence of God. And there's no agenda. And we give it, uh, so if you're listening to this and you worship and you play music, please get a hold of us, the Wave Columbus at gmail.com. We want to throw you out there on a Monday, on a Tuesday. Take every Tuesday from 9 to 11 and host the presence of God. And, and for us, our main call will meet Saturday mornings from 9 to 11. Why Saturday? I don't know, something about Shabbating with God, something about Shabbat with God. Uh, and that, we're not doing that religiously. We just want to do it on Saturday. We want to do it on Saturday instead of Sunday. Sundays, we're asking everybody to spend with their family. So it's a couple of things that our listeners can do. Help us pray that God uh, give us the facility that we need. And it's not about a facility. We haven't had a facility in years. We hadn't cared about having it. We've been renting everything. But we feel like now is the season that God is moving us in to having our facility. So pray that. And then pray also to sowing finances into it if that's what you want to do. That's, that's as much as I'm going to talk about it because I don't talk about finances. But I want to, I want to read this, John 13, 34. And I'm going to skip through that. I get nervous talking about all that, so I just skip through it. <laughs> but, but know this, that we do decide it, you know, Ryan. And I know you've been praying, and I know we've been praying for a place for us to just host the presence of God. And what does that look like, Ryan? We don't know. See, I'm... I'm I'm crazy enough to understand that the older I get and the more I get into his presence, the, the stinking clock goes out the window. The, <laughs> the planning sessions go out the window. I just want to go a place where I go with brothers and sisters and then we laugh for two hours. Amen. If we, <laughs> if we go there on a Saturday morning at nine and don't leave to eight o'clock at night. Amen. Like I, I'm just tired of trying to plan how God wants to touch us. Mm-hmm. Can I Amen. say that? I just, yeah. you know, so let, let's look at John 13, 34, 35. This is rocking my life, right? I want to know what you think about this because this is rocking my He says, a new commandment I give to you. Now, remember, he had already given a commandment that these are the two commandments that he holds on, right? The gospel, which is this. Love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, and soul to strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says, I'll give you a new commandment. I get you that you love one another. This is it. This is the new commandment. Check this out, Ryan. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, that is a powerful new commandment, Jesus. Okay, Jesus. The last commandment is love thy neighbor as yourself. Now you take it to another level because I may not know how to love myself. Now you take it to another level. Now you're telling me that you love one another as I have loved you. So what is this saying? That in order for us to refresh the world with God's love, we have to understand how to be loved by him first. So the love that we show is predicated on 
the love affair that we have with Yeshua. And if there's not a love affair that we have with Yeshua, we will never be able to present him properly to the earth. Because what we need is not another religious awakening. What we need is an awakening and a revival of God's love. Because we do not understand fully the love of Jesus for us. Say you what, Ryan, on that? <laughs> no, I, I, I think there's this unbelievable love story all the way back from Genesis all the way through Revelation that in the garden, we've talked about garden living, Adam, Adam and Eve felt this love. They were in the presence. They, there was no time. They were in the presence at all times, and they felt this radiating love from the Father. And I think you hit it spot on that we have to feel and know how Jesus, how much Jesus loves us before we can represent the love that he's talking about to the world and talking about to our brothers and to our sisters. And I think all of us have felt it. No matter if you're a follower of Jesus or not, you've, you've been in an experience sometime in your life where you've hugged someone or someone's hugged you or, and you felt a love from that person or between you and another person that is different beyond anything you could imagine. And I want to believe that in those small moments, that was the love that Jesus has for you and came through either you to that person or that person to you. And I always, I look at this scripture, this one of my favorite scriptures to the, the mind blowing Ephesians 5, 25, where it's love, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That is mind blowing because I say, oh, my gosh, how how do I love? I fail. How do I, I, fail. How do I love my my wife as Christ loved me and died for me? That's a whole nother level of love that we're talking about here, man. It's 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 a mind blowing like. And what? we have it, which is what the Laodiceans, yep. right? They yep. thought they have it, right? What the, what the Laodicean church helped me realize is that they thought they had a lot of things and they don't have it. They have the opposite. I think part of the church and in, in, in the world right now, part of God's ecclesia needs a baptism of the love because we think we have it. Um, remember Luke 7, the story uh, when the woman wanted to pour the oil and Peter was like mad because she wanted to pour the oil. Yep. What did Jesus say about her in verse 47? He said, therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. So if, if, if you've forgiven a lot, then the love. So once you understand how much he loved you in your mess, it is easy to love someone else. You're not looking and judging. You're not looking. I mean, this is crazy to me that we so walk in the spirit of judgment right now. And, and I just come against that spirit of judgment that judges one another. Like even, even the good people that are, and I'm, I got to say this, Ryan, this, I'm going to get in trouble with by somebody. Even the good people that you listen to YouTube, there's a lot of good YouTube guys right now. A lot of good 100,000 followers, 200,000 followers. But a lot of them make, they're living now by YouTube and a lot of them make their 
their um, channel sexy by really talking about somebody else. And it's crazy as we made it normal because this is what we do. Well, it's wrong doctrine, so I got to go after it. Do you really? Or, or does it make you feel good thinking that your way is right? When maybe you may even be wrong yourself, right? We don't, yep. we do not know, well, well, we got this mandate, brother. We don't want false doctrine. Like Jesus can't, listen, they've been having false doctrines for 2000 years, right? Mm -hmm. And the word of God is still successful, right? And yep. so we don't leave room for the Holy Spirit on people. We don't leave room for the error. Like the moment someone gets something wrong, the miniature Holy Spirit cops get on YouTube and go, this guy preached this message. Well, maybe he missed it. Maybe he misread it at that moment. Give him some grace. Like we do not know how to love people. Everything is a fight because guess what? Dissension, division, and fighting sells. It gives us likes. It gives us people to like our pages. And so this is how we live our life. We got into this American consumerism mindset and we've taken that to the gospel and we make the gospel capitalism. And so we make the gospel work only through a capitalistic point of view. When the gospel doesn't need capitalism, the gospel works by itself and the gospel is based out of love. And if love is not the center of your gospel that you preach, then I'm sorry, you're preaching the wrong gospel because that's not what Jesus taught. Oh, amen, Danny. No, that's, that's so good. Yeah. All you, the, there's so much conflict and then literally like you said division where it's like well my script the way i look at this scripture is correct and you're absolutely wrong i've studied for however many hours on this and i know that i'm right and it's just this if we can go back to the very foundation of like the love perspective that god so loved the world and you just, and you lay, and you start with that foundation of just loving people the way Jesus loved you uh, and loves you, and then be able to love your brothers and sisters. Like if you can lead with that, the, the world would change. There's just so much, you can see it heightened in the time that we're living in. You can see it heighten the chaos. And, I don't, and, and some of the chaos is literally just the battle between people. Um, and it's it's sad to see, unfortunately. Ryan, you and I spend hundreds, hundreds. I could say this honestly because I know the, the amount of time that you spend. Uh, we spend hundreds of hours studying. Mm -hmm. That's just that's just a normal thing of my life. You know, this is what I do all day long, right? I study scripture. Doesn't mean I get ninety percent of the things right. I don't know what I get right and wrong. All I can do is I'm obedient to my heart at the time what I feel like the Lord. Have I been corrected? The last, I've been in this for 27 years. I've been, absolutely. When I hear the sermons that I first preached, I'm just like, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Because mm -hmm. you was yep. there with me, right? Now, was my heart always, listen, I don't care if I'm right. I just want to know the one that's right, right? Mm -hmm. Which is Jesus. Like this arrogance to think that we're right. And that's not even false humility. That's just honest to truth. Like, I don't care if I'm like the right. Like if you, if you know it better than I do, please get a hold of me and say, Danny, this is the way... I just want to know Yeshua, which he's the right one, right? He's mm -hmm. always right, you know? Yep. And there's ebb and flows in our relationship with the Lord. And those who are listening, understand this. There's times in your walk, if you've been walking with the Lord for a little while, that in the beginning, he's giving you some things. And then 
couple of years later, he gives you another thing. And it almost seems opposite of what he gave you in the beginning, but it's just him growing you in the capacity that you can handle at the time. And that's mm -hmm. the journey that's beautiful. We all think everyone has to have, man, hermeneutics, homiletics, the theological training, and most people don't. That's just the bottom line, right? And so yep. most people don't even want that. And so we don't put the main thing first. And you said it. The main thing is Yeshua. Loving him and having a pursuit to love him, that's it. Because if we don't, what happens is things of the world comes in and then we get passive. And then again, we are living the opposite of what we think in our minds, which takes Absolutely. us to the seat in church, right? So let's go. Let's jump to the lesson. Let's do it. Revelation 3.14, the last church that we're going to hit to before uh, we take a week's break in the, in the sense where we're going to have another sermon on the word of God. And then we're going to, you and I will do the big one on the 666 yeah. in the mark of the beast. Uh, yeah. So I know people are anticipating that. But Revelation 3.14 says, to the lukewarm church is the title on that. And that's what it was. <laughs> to the angel of the church of Laodiceans. Right. These things say the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. What in your studies, Ryan, did you learn about the Laodicean church? Well, just uh, giving a little historical. Um, so 45 miles southeast of Philadelphia, which we just talked about the Philadelphia church, 90 miles east of Ephesus. Here's some of the big things to take away from, and we'll talk about their, their wealth, but they were an extremely wealthy city, thriving bank system, thriving bank system, textile industry. We know how important textiles were in that period of time. They had a medical school. Exactly that, right. That's huge in that time. The interesting part that I, I found that was kind of a thing that wasn't great for them is... They, they had a sparse water supply, which I, I kind of looked at as almost like, wow, you you have all this stuff, but you're sparse in water. And don't we know that Jesus is living water? Come and on. I was like, whoa, all right. So you got all this stuff, but you're sparse on water supply, which maybe you're lacking a little bit of Jesus there. And then, so that, that was kind of some of the major stuff that stuck out to me. As you keep on talking, I want to add this to it. And when I thought about that same point, Ryan, I thought about this. You can live without, because they also had a garment district, they, they clothing. So it's like, it's weird that everything that Jesus, not weird, it's 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 the way Jesus is. He hits all the things that they, so he's talking about the ISAP that they needed, right? Because they had a medical facility that actually worked on it, right? So they yep. talked about the garments. They actually had garment districts where they sold fine clothing. The thing that stuck out of me with that point, Ryan, was like everything that they had to make them rich, none of them could sustain their life. They can live without that stuff. They can't live without water. Like yep. they, they can live without the finances. They can live without the banking system. They can live without uh, the gold that they had that was going in through that, that land. They can live without the, 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 the medical facility that was the number one medical facility at the time, right? They had the number yep. one technology of medicine, right? They can live without all that. The one thing they can't live without, which is water, they didn't have enough of. Mm -hmm. And that tells you everything. You can have everything, but if you don't have water, which is the living water, 
you're yep. in trouble. So this was a, a wealthy, wealthy place. And I want to say this right off the bat. If any of these churches, Ryan, and I want to know your thoughts on this, remind me of the United States of America's church. This is the one that reminded me the most out of the all the churches. This was one that I said, yes, this is a mirror image of the USA church. Um, did, did that come to your mind? Yeah, yeah. If you if you look at kind of how church is structured in the United States, for most people, I think they go, they put on their Sunday best. They go on Sunday. They you know they they hear a sermon. Um, they they hug some friends. They go out to breakfast or brunch afterwards, and then they don't really think about Jesus till the following Sunday if Jesus is even preached about in their church, which we whoa, know whoa, that doesn't whoa, whoa, always happen on. either. And I think just it's an American mindset that, Hey, I'm, I'm, um, I'm going to do me. I'm going to get there. If I'm going to build a business, get out of my way. I'm going to step on you until I get there. I think that's, I'm not going to say that's for everyone. I'm going to say that's a common thing. Mm. Um, I know being an individual that had big goals and, and worked towards goals as a, as a younger individual, I was, I said to myself, look, like either you're on this train or you're not get out of the way of, and I'm just going to keep going. And that's where I'm going. And I think that's how a lot of people live, no matter if you're in the church or not in the church. I think it's very much an American based mindset for a lot of people. Christianity has become so capitalistic, right? And mm -hmm. so everything is, is viewed through that, skewed mindset right if i sell something right i'm going to receive something about selling something right and 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 in this beautiful um uh way of doing things we think because it's beautiful like it works because we're getting a return and in all of that return we're not getting authentic christians <laughs> we're yep. not getting the authentic word being preached right it's it's it did it, it it literally breathes the spirit of apathy, which is what was happening to this church of Laodicean, right? Yep. The rebuke of Jesus is that apathy sits in because you're getting results. Think about this. In the American church, if results is having pretty buildings, amen. If results is having large crowds, amen. If results is having a TV show, amen. If results is to be a star and have your number one bookseller, Amen. But if the results is walking in miracle signs and wonders, if the results is loving your neighbor as yourself, right? If your result is to look like Jesus on the earth, right? And so it gives you a false sense of, but we get results just because you get results. Just because you feel like you're wealthy doesn't mean that God is pleased with you, right? Mm -hmm. And again, we're talking about saved people. So when people listen to us, Jesus is approaching churches that are saved. These are folks that are going to heaven, right? They're just not being effective on earth. I'm going to say that again. They're not being effective on earth. I believe that what God is looking for his church is effectiveness. Effectiveness of bringing his kingdom from heaven to this earth. He's looking for us to be effective in what? showing his love and demonstrating the true characteristics of Jesus on the earth. And I think to your point, I just thought of this and, it, you know, I'm 
I'm thinking it's probably the Lord that was, that was saying this. I think a lot of the, at the end of our life, um, or, or when we get to heaven, if we, if we are showed things, which obviously I don't, I don't know what, what that experience is going to be like. I feel like some of the things that we thought are most important, the numbers and the book sales and then this and then that, I don't think that's the thing that is going to stand out. I think it's the, you help this random person once they saw the character of Jesus in you that came out. They later on ended up maybe attending a church service, got radically saved, but it stemmed from that encounter with you where it was just you being nice to them. Nothing miraculous happened. You literally just showed what Jesus would, how Jesus would act towards them. And that led them down a different path that maybe they weren't on. And that's the stuff that actually is pleasing the Lord because you weren't even thinking about it. You just lived like him and that was it. Is love in action, Ryan. Yep. Is love, listen, the most important thing of the kingdom is love. I know that bothers people like, man, you talk about love. Yes, love, true love. We don't, I'm telling you, it's true love. I'm, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another scenario that they meet your love and that you go home and you have an encounter right in your bedroom and you don't know what happened to you. Well, yep. what happened to me, man? I, I, did, I, did, I, I was an atheist, but God met me in my bedroom. Why? Because I saw the love of God in somebody. Love is the thing that he, that's going to show all of this thing, right? And so with the, the Laodiceans or Laodicea church, listen to what he says. Remember, Jesus gives remedies of what he is to the church of what they need. So the first thing he says, these things says this, verse 14. Says the amen. Like, this is crazy that he calls himself the amen. The word mm. amen in Greek literally means firm, means so be it. That's the Greek definition. So one thing he's saying, you're not firm, you need to be firm. Another thing, since Jesus is Jew, the Hebrew acronym of amen, Ryan, is God is a faithful king. Mm. <laughs> meaning <laughs> meaning you, you need to understand his faithfulness towards you. Because remember, I, I believe the answer, the reason that people get into apathy is because they don't know how much they loved. I'm going to say that again. Apathy is comes in because you don't know how much you love. Because when you know how much you love and you know who the faithful king is, it propels you to love. Like you have to put love in action when love is in action towards you. Like when love is overwhelming you, you have to overwhelm others with love. And, and so what happens to us when we don't, when we're not experiencing, right? intimacy with Jesus, our daily intimacy of a love affair with Jesus, we move into apathy because we think we saw the best of Jesus out of the Holy Ghost. We saw, we saw, I saw the best of Jesus. I, I said that prayer that one day I said, amen to Jesus in that one service or in my bedroom. Oh, I was driving. I gave him. So I, I felt the best of Jesus and, and, and Jesus Lord, no, there's so much of me that you have not gotten that it takes a hundred lifestyles lifetimes and you still can't get a hold of everything that i have for you and that is what keeps the refreshing of the holy spirit when we what i said what jesus said and he said drink of me right and i'll make you rivers of living waters is continuing in that love affair and continuing to experience jesus then you have to give it out 
Amen, Danny. And, and, and it starts from, you know, James 4, 8, draw near, draw, draw near. And, and he's, he's there. He's, I mean, we've talked about this, this verse a lot. It's, and it's probably one of my, my favorite scriptures that, you know, Matthew 6, 6, he's waiting for you to go into the secret place because he's there. Like it says it, we, we don't read it that way, but like he's in there already. He's with you already. He's waiting for the, you to engage. He's waiting for you to talk to him. He's waiting for you to say, Hey Lord, like, uh, I want to hear from you because he's just, he's, he's there. I don't think many of us don't understand that. We think that he's way up in the clouds way way far away when he's not he's he's in he's here and i think that's that's one of the major things of of that relationship piece that you're talking about and with this church and i know we're going to get there he said i keep jesus say i keep on knocking now this knock is not to unsaved believers this knock is to believers the fact that Mm -hmm. jesus is knocking on the door believers is what because you shut him out you know Mm -hmm. and he's like listen you shut me out i need to come in so he, he calls himself the amen. So we need to be firm. We need to understand he's king. Then he says he's faithful, right? And the true witness, the beginning of the creation. So he's faithful. Second Timothy 2.11 says, this is, is this the faithful saying? For if we die with him, we shall also live with him. And if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. <laughs> if we faithless, he remains faithful. He's trying to tell the church of Laodicea, I'm faithful even if I know that you're walking in apathy. You're walking in a way that you don't think you're walking. I'm still faithful to you. Then he says, I'm the true witness, meaning no one witnesses the father better than I do. No one witnesses better than I. In John's 18, 37, we see that Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a queen. For this cause I was born. For this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear the witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. I bear the witness of truth. Jesus is the faithful witness. He's faithful to you, but he's a faithful witness. I'm going to stop right there, see if you have anything to add to that, Ryan. No, man, keep keep going. Keep going. You're on the roll. He says the beginning of creation, right, of God. What does that mean? Colossians 1.18 says, right? And he said, he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. Jesus, we know from John 1, was the word, the word was with God. He's from the beginning of all creation. But he's the beginning for a reason. He is the head of the church. And he's trying to let the the scenes know, listen, I'm faithful to you. I am your king. I'm with you. And I am the head. Let me lead. Don't you lead because when you lead, you get in trouble. Why? Because in the next verse, he tells us, if you're leading, this is what you get. If I'm not the head of you, this is what you get. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. I'm going to read both of those together. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of your mouth. Now, I must say this, and I got to say it loud. Vomit here means that Jesus doesn't actually vomit you and forget. This thing has been taught, Ryan, that, oh, this mm. is, he's forget. No, what he's saying, your apathy makes him sick. Listen to me. What he's saying is your apathy, you being apathetic makes me sick. That's what he's saying. It's not the fact that he's going to vomit you and forget you. Like this thing has been preached so 
butched up with, and so people just jack it all up, man. Listen, this is not about Jesus forgetting about you and oh, I'm never, he threw me out because I'm lukewarm. No, but he's saying lukewarmness makes him sick. That's what he's saying. Just like the water there, I uh, got folks sick. Um, I am up. And so here we know um, that it, there was two cities, right? That was, that was here, Leo the scene was in the middle and in between them was in both sides. One was the city, uh, Her Her Heropolis, right? Where they had medical hot springs. And the other was, was Colossae, where they had pure cold drinking water. Now the layer of the scenes had bad water. So when they try, so what they try to do is then bring the water through an aqueducts from, uh, from that modern day. And they brought it into, from both of these cities into this. But what it did was they made, it made the water look warm. Mm. And what, 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 who wants to drink lukewarm water? What can lukewarm water do, right? And so the question is, what can lukewarm water do? I've heard hot water is useful. Cold water is refreshing. Lukewarm water is not useful at all, right? Yep. And so what God is telling the church is that they are not useful to him right now. That's, that's the gripe. The gripe right now is like, you're not useful for me, right? Because you're apathetic. You know too much of God to sin, right? And you're not really living in a relationship with God and us. It's so like, you know too much of him to go to the world, but you too much in the world to want to even walk with God. And he's like, that middle area is not working for me because I can't use you. And I want to use you to show who I am to the world, but I can't use you. They become stagnant. They become lifeless. They're all about themselves. They lukewarm. When we're going to know that he shows them, they're all about themselves. Ryan, when you was reading, did you see that on that? Yeah, it's uh, you brought up an, an a interesting point that it's like you you know so much of God, you don't you're not going to sin, but then you you still can't be usable and you still can't reach the world. And if we look at it from a from a big picture lens, like the Lord encounters us, so that then we can go into the world and and show Him. And he's speaking directly to a church that says, you actually know me, you know, but you just, you've hit this point where you can't even go out and, and do anything to, to impact the world around you. And, it, and it's, it's saddening to him. I, I feel, I feel that he is, he's, he's frustrated for sure, but he's also saddened. Because it's like, man, you have all the credentials, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. And because he's like, listen, you, I'd rather have you spiritually cold or spiritually hot, right? And going after. So you either, ref, you know, in cold, I can turn you on. In hot, I, I, could, I, could, I, can, I can use you. But in the middle, you're not doing anything for nobody, right? You're yeah. spiritually bland. You will, no, I can't. I, I, this scripture came up to me when I was read, reading this. Second Corinthians thirteen five. This is blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Right, like yep. understanding my need for what He can give me, my need for what 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 the Lord. Let me see. Make sure that I read, read the right right verse. No, no, sorry, my notes are are backwards. Okay. I knew there was something wrong here. So 
I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 13, 5 to 6. I read the wrong one. It says, examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Listen to what Jesus says. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? But I trust you will know that you were not disqualified. So he says, just because you examine yourself doesn't mean that you disqualify. It means that you're testing yourself to see where you're at. Because a dead church can be resurrected. A cold church can be challenged. But what do you do with a lukewarm church? <laughs> yep. Right? So he's like, listen, I need you to examine your life to make sure that you are who you say you are. Now, doesn't mean because you're examining yourself and you see some things wrong. I love um, the way Paul tells the Corinthians. Doesn't mean that you disqualify. So for those who think, because again, some folks have preachers like, oh, you're done. God's done with you because you're lukewarm. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that, number one, it gets him sick. Number two, he can't use you. And number three, there's nothing to do with you. He's going to have to just leave you alone. Why? Because stagnant water. What happens with water that's not moving? We are the living church. We are the living waters. We need the living water. And living waters is constantly moving. Why? So then when it's living, that's why when you drink spring water that's coming off a mountain, it's clear. Why? Because it's going through the process as it's going down the rocks. It's, it's cleaning itself out, right? What happens when you have stagnant water? It becomes infested with all kinds of disease, right? You can't have water just sitting. If you have water just sitting, that's where you get mosquitoes. All kinds of diseases come out of that. But he says, I called you to be the church. You're the living waters. You are the wellspring that's supposed to go and refresh the world, but you have stopped. Something has stopped you and you're not moving. And so that is what Jesus is saying here. And you talked about, and, and we talked about earlier in the, in the podcast about how this reflects the American church. And I think there are, there are many that are going to heaven that, that just kind of, that just, they, they, they're faithful, they believe in Jesus, they've given their life to Jesus, but they're very much content with going to service on Sunday morning and then just living their life and doing them. And if they make an impact here for the gospel, that's great. And if they don't, well, at least I'm going to heaven. And that is like the pure definition of lukewarm. I'm not saying that you have to go to Tanzania and die on the mission field. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that all of us have an, an, a unique calling by the Lord to impact this world for him. It's just what is in you needs to come out. And that could be very come simple on. as helping your neighbor carry in groceries when you see that they have a whole thing of groceries. That didn't take you long. You didn't preach a sermon to them. You didn't even prep a sermon for them. You literally were like, hey, do you need some help? Like, it can be practical. I think it's just many don't, many separate. I'm spiritual from nine to 11 a.m. And then I'm I'm just gonna live the rest of my life, the rest of the week, Monday through Saturday. <laughs> and so I think we're just, yeah, we're missing it. Like in the American church in general, we do a really great job of being spiritual for a couple hours, but then it's just like, well, I'm just gonna go be me <laughs> the rest of the time. And and spiritual is a lot practical, right? Because the fruit of the spirit, now I want to say this, is not the fruits of the spirit. It's yep. the fruit of the spirit, right? It's very practical, gentle, kindness. And maybe that's our, our next 
uh, I just, it just hit me. Maybe that's our next thing in August is just to go over the fruit of the spirit, understanding oh. the life of the walking in the spirit, understanding what that is. And then going through all that Galatians, uh, we may just go yep. through that, that whole chapter, uh, you and I, and because it's, it's practical, right? Like kindness and gentleness and self-control. Those are practical, but those are very spiritual to God. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's your responsibility to keep that fire burning. Uh, Leviticus 6, 12. I love this. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. Shall, and it shall not be put out. And the priest, which is you, shall burn wood on it every morning. And you lay your wood down every morning so that this fire doesn't go out. Right? It goes out because you get apathetic. Because you forget to have this love affair with Jesus. Look at what the Lord uh, Jesus says in Revelation 3, 17. Because you say I am rich, I have become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. I got everything, man. God has blessed us, man. We got the house and we got the church and we got this. And the, I'm, you know how many preachers I've heard, man, all oh, the favor of the Lord is on us because our offerings are up. Man, we, we, we got a million and a half dollars this year. So we, he's saying, listen, you say you're wealthy and all this, but listen, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. What? I thought I was I good. Heard, yeah. I heard this, this very powerful story of um, a visiting pastor uh, was going, went to a church and he was with his daughter. She was about eight and it was the light show. It was the, the celebrity type church, right? The light shows and this and that. And his eight-year-old daughter turned to him and she goes, where's Jesus? And she goes, oh, wait, there he is. And in the back corner of the church, not lit, was a wooden beat-up cross that was, like, in the corner. And she goes, there he is. That's his little eight-year-old daughter recognizing that there, that's him. It's not about all this all around. It's, it, it's, it was, it was an impactful story because I'm like, man, all, all of them are like, yeah, let's bring in the young crowd and let's, but they missed it. And that's what I'm seeing in this. It's like, you have it all but you're missing him. Come on, that's man. what he's saying. I feel like that's what he's saying. He's saying that, that exactly. You don't, well, you, don't, you don't got me. Like I'm the one that you're yeah. supposed to have. Listen, yeah. listen to what Romans 12, three says, for I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God's dealt to each one a measure of faith, right? And this is not what they're doing. They're not doing, they're not examining themselves. They're looking at themselves like, oh, we got this. We got this. And then John 15, 5 says, he says, I have need of nothing. Well, John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can't do nothing. He said, you think yep. you're, you're needing me. To your point, what you're saying, you're needing me. And what you don't understand is that what you really are is wretched, Romans 7, 24 says, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death, right? Paul said, right? You're miserable, 1 Corinthians 15, 19 says, if, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of men most miserable. <laughs> I'm gonna say that again. Listen to what it says. If, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all of men most miserable, right? All we need is Jesus, right? Listen to what... Yep. With Paul, right? Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit for this is the kingdom of He said, if you don't understand that, you're poor, right? You're poor in spirit. You're blinded, right? Second Peter 
one five through nine. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, and and you talking about if 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 they will understand Peter, if this church will understand Peter, Peter knew that there's an ebb and flow to to growing in God. Yep. There's an ebb and flow, right? Um, I don't know if you ever read this in Second Peter. You probably did. Uh, for those who are listening, but listen to what it says: Second Peter one five to nine. It says, uh, "The fruit, the title of it is the fruitful growth in faith." But also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith. <laughs> add to your faith what virtue? To your virtue, knowledge. To your knowledge, self control. To your self control, perse um, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Remember, it always winds up in love. But if these things are yours and abound in you, listen to what it says. Listen to what Peter tells it. If for these, these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. But he who lacks these things is short-sighted and even to blindness and has forgotten that we was cleansed from his old sins. What? Meaning don't give up. There's some things that God wants to add to you. And if you continue to allow him to add to you, you're going to have the fruitfulness of knowing Jesus. But if you don't add to yourself these things, you're going to be blinded and short-sighted in what Jesus is telling the church of Laodicea. You are blinded and short-sighted in a lot of areas because you thought you knew the best of me. And you thought the best of me was me blessing you with a brand new something that you were rich and you had all the money and you had all the success and you think that's the best of me. And what Jesus is saying, there's so much of me that you need. And, and it gets it gets dangerous a little bit when you start seeing this, this say church growth or success or fame that you start losing. And I, I told you this was the word that jumped out to me or this, you start losing a little bit of dependency because you start getting a little bit, uh, dare I say, cocky. Like that, oh, I, I know the secret. Like, I got it. This is what's working. When it's like, <laughs> the Lord's like, you're just being dependent upon me. Like, I'm, I'm doing this for you, but there's a reason I'm doing this for you so that then you can show more of me. And, and, and I on. think, come on, I think that, churches churches lose it obviously the Laodicean church has lost it it's like man they were blessed you can see it they were blessed but then they're like well i think i i've i figured it out that's where we miss it the the, the knowledge of good and evil like Come we on. figure like we figured it out we want we want to know and i think that's one of the biggest problems in in not just the church sphere in general that like there's so much unlocked knowledge that people are starting to feel as humans that we can be superhuman we can we ourselves, not dependent upon the lord can figure it out and that's where it's getting a bit scary um we're la a lot of people are lacking dependency because of the amount of knowledge put out and i feel like this is the same for this church that there's so much that they feel like they know that their dependency is way down and Jesus is trying to bring that up to them. Come on. And you said something powerful, that knowledge of good and evil, right? It, yep. Even if it's good, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's not God, 
if you if, if, if it's all good, but God is not involved, it becomes bad, right? It yep. can't be good on its good merits itself. It's got to be good because God is good, right? And that's the yep. only reason Amen. you got you got to pursue Him. And I'm gonna say this again, another contra controversial statement, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Momentum is one I believe. Momentum, natural momentum, is one of the things that kills revival and awakening, and mm. it kills intimacy with God. Because what we think is like you just said it. Oh, we moving. Momentum is coming. And then we're mm -hmm. trying to live on this momentum instead of, listen, I don't live on anything else but the bread of life, which is Yeshua. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and Yeshua may do this. You may have momentum in one area. And he says, shut it down. I got another area for you to go into. See, yep. we, we, we keep on. Oh, we growing. We said this the last time. We growing. So we need a bigger building. Well, who says that? Maybe you growing and maybe you need to split up. What? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> What? What do you mean? We no, we need a bigger building. No, maybe you need to go send another group to another part of town, right? And, you're hitting, you're hitting, uh, you're hitting some, uh, uh, some strings, my friend. That listen, people I, are gonna be. He, I hope you're ready for your phone to blow up. Listen, <laughs> I know you've had this conversation with some people that, like that, that we're close to. You know, I, I know, know it hurts. Conversations are. I know like, this hurts. Hey, I know this hurts. Tough combos. <laughs> this I know this hurts, but this is true. Mo momentum doesn't mean that we can continue the same route we're going to. And again, yeah. we fall in love with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyebrow. We see big, and we like. Well, you and this is this is this is the way we talk ourselves into. Well, you know, God brought them to us for a reason. Well, you know, they they listen to my voice for a reason. Well, mm -hmm. and, and, and all these humanistic reasons, like, no, 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 I'm not their bread. He is their bread, right? Yeah. And, and the moment this becomes bigger than what we are, it's going to lose its, 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 uh, uh, its favor and flavor. And God's like, keep it small, right? And so another yep. thing Jesus said is that you're naked. Revelation 16, 15 says, behold, I'm coming as a thief. Why? Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walks naked. And, and they see his shame, right? So God is trying to cover their shame. He's, he even tells them, your shame has overwhelmed you, but I'm here to cover. And you don't even know I'm here to overcome, uh, uh, overwhelm you with it, uh, with my love. Listen to what Revelation 3.18 says. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by the fire. Now, this has been a stickler for a lot of folks. It's like, well, we can't buy our salvation. That's not what Jesus is saying. Listen to the whole thing. I counsel you. First of all, the fact that Jesus counseling you, listen to when he decides to counsel you, you should probably <laughs> take that heed of that counsel, right? Uh, Matthew 28, 20 says, uh, Jesus says, it's teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. One way that you know that Jesus is still with you is that he's giving you counsel. So we know that he's with the church. So he's not telling them by salvation. He says, it's going to cost you to walk in the fire. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Buy yep. from me gold to find in the fire. Buy from me gold to find in the fire that you may be rich. What he's saying right now, you're poor, but I'm going to make you rich. But listen, you can only get that from me. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you what you need. And number 1, you're not counting. Number 1, you're not counting the cost, right? You got to count the cost to build some things. So he say, "Listen, for a long time, you didn't count the cost in relationship. You just went and let momentum carry you. And you thought of the blessings and everything. You didn't count the cost. Jesus tells us 
in Matthew 10 to count the cost to be the disciple of Jesus. Now, great, I'm just going to read it. Now, a great multitude went to him. This is a Matthew 10, 34. Oh, man. Went to him and said to him, he turned and said to him, uh, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life, also he cannot be my disciples. What? Does, is that not what it says? Right? Yep. He said, whoever yep. does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciples. He's saying, he's saying to the church of Laodicea, you didn't understand what I was telling you. This is what I'm telling you. You had to count the cost. Now, when you continue to read this, he's talking about who, who lays the foundation, who builds a building and doesn't count the cost of this. He said, you guys yeah. just thought that it was going to be like the blessings, but you didn't count the cost of what it was to be my disciples. Then he says, yeah. he says, it costs you something to walk this life. Listen to me, believers that are listening. It costs you everything to live the life of Jesus. It'll cost you everything. And what he's saying, buy from me. What do you mean buy from me? Lay your life, buy it with your own life like I gave you my own life. Why? Because you need to be refined by the fire. Job 23 uh, says this, 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. <laughs> mm. uh, Malachi 3.3 3 says, and he was, set as a, he was set as a finest fire and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord the offerings of righteousness. First Peter 1 7 says that the genuine of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by the fire, may be found to praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He says, listen, don't take this out of context. Don't, I'm telling you, when I read this, I don't know if you if you saw some of this. When I yep. read this, a lot of a lot of commentators look at this, uh, right? Like God is asking to buy you buy your salvation or something. This is not talking mm -hmm. about salvation here. He's talking yeah. about spiritual deadness. He's talking about apathy. He's talking about life. And and so remember what he's asking them. And and there's an exchange here. Remember these are folks that everything that he's asking for here. Look at what he counsels them. This is, remember, we said from the beginning that this was a city that had a lot of gold. It had a great banking system. He's, he's saying, change what you have for what I have. Change your gold system for what I have, right? Take my gold, which is purity. Take my pure life. Then he's saying uh, garments. Remember, they sold garments. He's like, no, take out my garments of righteousness. That's what I want you to wear. Don't, don't look at the garments. It's literally this whole... This whole chapter, I mean, this whole verse 18, it's basically an exchange for what natural things to spiritual things, right? He says that you, that you may be clothed that, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. He said, because right now you're living in shame and it's being revealed. Why? Because of your lifestyle. He's saying, but when you take out my garments of righteousness and my garments of love, I cover your shame. Right. And I'll let you understand that those things can't sustain you. Only I can sustain you. Listen to what he says. And to another, your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. Remember, they were, they, their medical breakthrough was that they will sell this, this eye salve that will come and heal your eyes. He's saying, listen, no, that'll only heal your natural eyes. I'm trying to heal your spiritual eyes. 
exchange that medical uh, breakthrough for some spiritual breakthrough. There has to be a great exchange. That's what he's saying in verse 18. There's some exchanges that you have to do in the natural so you can get me more in your life and get yourself walking in the spirit. He's, he's very much, he's very much talking to this church about, we need to look past the external or the physical of what we're seeing. We got to get down deep. He's trying to, he's trying to dive deep when he's telling, telling these people from this church, this, and that's, that was one of the big things I got out of it. Yes, very much the exchange, but also like, we need to get in deeper. Let's get past all the great wealth and the beautiful garments and, and, and the natural let's get deep inside and touch, touch the heart. That's, that's so what, good. that's what the, the lukewarm church is missing. Everything is pretty on the outside, but the internal is not where it needs to be. I love that you said that now you and I are getting less and less hair, right? <laughs> yes. But I, I'm going to say this. I, I, I believe we, we, you don't want to. I believe one of the signs of awakening and revival is that we can get our hair messed up. You know what I mean? It's like when we, it's, it's just, there's something about, um, I went to a church and I told the pastor this of the church because he asked me, what, you know, what did you think about the church? And literally, one of the things that the Holy Spirit told me, and you're going to laugh when I said it, it's like, all the men of your church need their hair to be messed up. Like literally, <laughs> I saw like everything was too proper, right? Everything was, yeah. everything was too calculated. Like we do this in the American system, right? Start service. You know, I go, I go to speak in a lot of places and it hurts my heart, but I do it anyway, because I believe this is what God is asking me to do, to go and, and, and breathe fire and awakening to a church that's apathetic. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so when I go, they give me a timeline. Well, you know, yep. we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be doing the songs from, 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 10 10 05 because from 10 01 <laughs> to 10 05 we're going to be doing an intro and from 10 05 to 10 21 you know what i mean we're going to stop we're going to do those three songs and at 10 21 we're going to get up and at 10 from 10 21 to 10 30 we're going to have you know what i mean the offering and some announcements and you're going to brother you're going to get up at 10 30 and man you got a golden 30 minutes you know from 10 30 <laughs> to 11 you got to be done and make sure right at 11 that you're saying that prayer because i need everybody out at 11 15 and i'm like the fact that we can time God in to how we want him to move in our lives is crazy. And I believe God is wanting to mess up our hair, mess up our clothes, mess up our schedules, mess it all up to say, am I going to be keen? Now you're going to recognize me or you're going to have everything prestige and think I'm going to visit your prestige, right? I'm here to mess up what you think you got right, you know, because, and, and, and so when I was in that church, that's all I saw prophetically, like to walk up to every guy and just mess up their hair because every person <laughs> looked the same. It looked like one of the, my, my daughter's always telling me about that. When we go into neighborhoods and all the houses look the same, they're like, this is too scary for me. Just get me out of this neighborhood. Like everybody looks the same, right? And some places I go to speak, everyone looks the same. And I'm like, this is not the gospel. The gospel is, is so fluid and, and there's so many expressions that I can't believe all of y'all. And, and so, well, we all, you know, God just brought us all together. Well, in, 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 in the book of Revelation that we're reading right now, it says all tribes and tongues 
right? And in, 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 yep. in Revelation 7, it says all of us will be around the throne, not just not just all of us to look at. It says all tribes and tongues will be there, right? All of us, different kinds of folks. And so the kingdom is the expression of all types of people, right? And sometimes yep. we are boxing it in. And what this, what part of apathy is, just keep it all timed, keep it all the same. And, and you're 100% right. Jesus going, man, this so surfacey. You know what I mean? Listen, I, I think it takes the out. I'm just being honest. Like, because you've been to our wage services. You know, yep. I, listen, four hours is a minimum, right? Like, so, yep. so to me, like, it, it, it's just crazy to me. So it's like, when we get together to pray, I, how, the house of God shall be the house of prayer. That's what Jesus said, right? Yep. It, like, where's the house of prayer when we go in and says, I'm not coming out till I get a hold of you. Right. Imagine having exactly. that attitude. No. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're yeah. not leaving this place. It doesn't mean we have to all shout. Aah! It can mean that we shout for 20 minutes. We're silent for 20. It can mean that we're crying for 40. Right. But Lord, we're not leaving here. We come this far. We want to get a hold of you. That's the awakening. Mm -hmm. That's the revival. But the only way that we get that revival and awakening, if we drink of the living water. We need That's living it. waters. We need living. Let's 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 land this plane. Let's do it. Verse nineteen. I love this because remember Jesus just gave you counsel in verse eighteen and nineteen. He's like, listen, I'm gonna take it to another level. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Meaning, he literally let him know, I love you. Do you understand? I love you. The reason I'm talking a little harsh to you is because I love you. Doesn't mean that I don't love you. I really do love you. So for those who do this, makes this about salvation, not salvation. No, these are saved folks that he loves. But listen to what he says. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, I know we use this scripture a lot for unbelievers, but it's unscripture to use this. What he's talking is to believers. He's knocking at the doors of believers. And I believe today, as you're listening, the Holy Spirit is knocking at your door and saying, awake, be revived. Wake up from your slumber, Right? If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Meaning there's intimacy. Do you understand what he's saying here? He's saying the intimacy is available for you today. I want to, Jesus is begging to have intimacy with you. Now someone said, man, Jesus don't beg. No, he's knocking. He's wanting to come in and dine and spend time with you. And he's saying, if you open your door, to your apathetic self and then realize how far you come away from me. I will come in and we will hang out and we'll get this right. I love that, Ryan. I, I thought of, I just thought of this. This just came to mind. Well, I'll say two things. First, there's two parts to this that stood out. It's hearing the Lord, but then there's an action, right? We can hear the Lord and not take the action. It's, hear open Come and then, then when you hear and then you open then you dine and here's what i thought when you're going when you set up a date with someone and you're like hey let's grab coffee coffee can be quick it's like hey you want to go through a starbucks hey let's walk around for 10 15 minutes oh man yeah i, I gotta go it was great to meet you or is it, hey, you buy the flowers. Hey, I, set, I, I made reservations at this restaurant. You're going to love it. 
three, four course meal, right? If it's a French restaurant, it's like six courses, right? Yeah. And you actually get to know that person. Okay, well, are you getting coffee with Jesus? <laughs> Your daily devotional that takes about 0.25 seconds. Or are you actually setting up a dinner date with Jesus? Mm. Again, it's going to look different depending on the day. But this is what he's saying. He's saying like, I want to dine. Dine means I'm going to sit down. Let's sit down. Let's talk. I was thinking of Psalms, Psalm 23 when, when it says that, hey, I will, in front of your enemies, I will prepare a table. So Oof. when there's enemies around, David, you're going to sit at the table with me, even though they're surrounding us. And Come we're going to commute. We're going to commune. It, it was big, like dine. That's a, that's a, you're taking some time. I want to be with you. I want to spend time. He, it, man, you, that's so powerful. The, the, the whole picture of the table and understanding that, that the time that he takes to have a meal with you, man, that, that, that the tenderness that comes along with that, right? The, the attention to detail that come along with that, right? The, the uh, inquiring of listening, right? That only yep. that, not only that he wants to talk to you, he wants to listen to you. Right, that's, that's that beautiful um, symphony of relationship uh, to land a plane. We, to, to him who overcomes, remember, I will grant. Now, this is this is another level to me. And remember, this is to, this, when he always says when 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 he, when he always says in the, in the book of Revelation, "I will grant you." This is the age to come. This is not right now. This is the age of his kingdom. The age when he's when his glory uh, comes to his fullness. He says. Now, I, I don't understand it, so I'm not even going to tell you that I understand it because this blew my mind when I read it. So I'm not even going to tell you that I got this whole 100%. I don't. And if you got some more revelation on this, please let me know. Because he says, I will grant to sit with me on my throne <laughs> as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, I don't know. If this is talking about like, so this is not going to be everybody, but those who are willing to walk, this is exactly what he's asking of them. I'm going to have you in my, remember, the, the word says that that throne is going to light the whole world. He says, I'm going to have you sit in that throne with me. That blew my mind. I said, okay, I don't understand that. I'm going to keep that for another day, Lord. You're going to have, you got to, because to me, to, to understand that I'll be sitting with you on your throne it just boggled my mind, right? But he says, in the age to come, when I come in my fullness of my kingdom, when I come and establish my full kingdom, when I'll be in Jerusalem and I'll be Lord over everything and king over everything, there's gonna be folk that is gonna sit with me that were able to overcome, they were able to live this life of intimacy in this lifestyle, in this lifetime, that that I, I have not forgotten them for what they did in the lifetime that they lived. And I'm gonna have them sit with me. What? <laughs> I, uh, again, I'm, I'm, and again, I don't know, I don't know the answer to this because obviously this is in the future ahead, but I've heard a couple different people speak very similar visions of this idea. So I'm just sharing that and you can dissect it, but obviously there's going to be the throne, the main throne, and then there's going to be how I, how I've read it from other people. And it makes some sense based on this is there's going to be other seats around, right? And it's like, it's representative of how you lived your life 
while you were here on our current life, right? Obviously, Paul's gonna be Paul's gonna be pretty darn close to the Lord. But here was the encouraging thing about a couple of the visions that, that I read about. There were other very normal people that weren't Paul, that weren't the pastor that had 10,000 members. There were stay-at-home moms very close to the Lord because they raised up children that then loved the Lord and went and did their purpose. So I'm trying to encourage those that think, oh, I'm only changing diapers. Oh, I'm only doing this job. And I want to encourage because I, I had to read into a couple different visions from different people to try and say, okay, this isn't just one person saying this. But it was very encouraging to hear that, like, I'm a school teacher at, at, and the current process being home, I'm changing many diapers of my two-year-old son. I'm hanging out with my son and, and trying to be Jesus there to understand that the Lord looks upon that, which you've encouraged me with. Lord looks upon that as very important and very precious, really blows my mind one and makes my heart warm that something very small, because we take, oh, I'm just raising kids. Oh, I'm just doing this. But it's it's bigger than that. And I think we're going to recognize that in Jerusalem, way down the line in the Zechariah 14, the new Jerusalem life, that the little things you did for your kids or the little things you did were actually big things. So that that's what I'm I'm thinking there's going to be these these thrones around the major one right there. That's how I I've read and, and thought about it. That's a, that's a great thought, man. I, and I, I want to say this: um, we're not saved by works, right? According to Ephesians two, we only saved yep. by grace alone. But what you do on this lifetime does matter. I'm gonna say that again: what you do now does matter. It doesn't matter in the sense, uh, and I'm gonna say this: I know some people are gonna get mad at this. It doesn't matter for your salvation point of view. You're going to be saved if you believe in Yeshua. It does matter. Mm-hmm. There, and we said it in all seven churches. There are rewards that God has for the age to come. Not for right now. It's for the age to come. And it's all predicated on how you live today. Right? And so how you live does matter to Jesus. Right? Again, you receive salvation by grace and grace alone. It's only his mercy and grace. But how you live does matter. And I'm going to end uh, this, this podcast and I'm going to end the seven churches with almost the same wording. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read revelations first, and then I'm going to read John seven revelations. Listen to what it says. Uh, Revelations 22, 17. And 2217 says, and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him, let him who hears say, come and let him who thirsts come, whoever desires, let him take the water of life, uh, of, of life freely, right? If you thirsty, come, right? You, you, the, the spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit and the bride say, come, right? And now look at, look at to John 7, 737 with me 
37, 38, 39. And this is how we end this. We'll end this this way. Whoever is desires, let him take of the water of life, which is freely. And let him who is thirsty come, right? That's what it says in Revelation 22. In John 7, it says this. And this is how we end the seven churches. Uh, verse 37, John 7, 37 says, On this last day, the great day of the feast, this is the last day of the festival that Jesus was in, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So all he's asking is, come drink. Come drink of me. Why? And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him will receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now we know Jesus has been glorified now. And he's sitting at the right hand side of the Father. So this scripture applies to you and I. If you drink of a cup of Jesus, what happens out of you flows rivers of living waters. The Holy Spirit will come and flow out of you, but you have to come and drink. You have to be thirsty. And if you're not thirsty and hungry, ask him, Holy Spirit, make me thirsty and hungry. I want to thirst for you. I want to eat of the bread of life. I want to thirst of the living waters. We need the only way the church of the world is going to be refreshed is if we get the living waters. If we get the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit now more than ever. And so this may lead Ryan us to our next endeavor on the Holy Spirit. We may do that. Mm -hmm. um, we need the Holy Spirit in active right now. Without the Holy Spirit, nothing that we've talked about in the last seven churches, nothing is available. Nothing could be done without the Holy Spirit. So look for August. We might, I feel like this is the Holy Spirit telling us to do this. We might just jump in on who the Holy Spirit is, the fruit of the Spirit, and just Ryan and I may, may dissect that and just talk about that. Um, we love you guys. Thank you for hanging in here with us in these seven churches. Hopefully you have grown in your faith and your belief in Jesus and your belief in the word of God and what it says it will be. We're looking forward to uh, the sick, sick, sick in the market of beasts, what that is. Uh, we're looking forward to that. And uh, my, my, my last words is, thirst and hunger and i promise you you'll be full ryan i leave you the last words you know i think we have to just say say come lord just come we're we we want more of you jesus and i pray for all of our listeners engage with the holy spirit come on. here listen open the door and he is there he wants to dine with you and I encourage all of you for great dining with the Lord daily. Powerful. We love you guys and we'll talk to you soon. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Wave Ministries. Visit thewavecolumbus.com for more information.